the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. How many people did I get phone calls from today said, well, I guess your show kind of writes itself on a day like today, doesn't it? Well, not exactly. It is a big news day and there are big items in the news. It's a big country and um, we'll deal with it all. But no, it it never writes itself. The question isn't uh, about what happened. It's about what we are to think about what happened. Things happen all the time in this country. For example, uh, MSNBC and CNN, um, they are staffed with a lot of people who call themselves journalists, boards of directors, and a lot of people in management who may not have ever gone to journalism school but are just you know smart people, may not agree with them, but they're not dumb. And they made the decision, for example, last year, to cut away and ignore Donald Trump's press conferences on the coronavirus and cover Andrew Cuomo's. He was their shadow president. He was the one they pointed to as what our leadership should be. There was talk of him running for governor. There was talk of him being put on the Supreme Court or as the attorney general in the Biden administration after he was not persuaded ultimately to run for presidency or to be in the position to replace Joe Biden based on Democratic Party regret prior to the convention. But, you know, a lot of major news organizations took this man very seriously, as did the publishing industry, which gave him a $5 million advance for him to write a book about how well he handled COVID in the United States of America. And I got to tell you, everyone thought the book was egotistic. Everyone thought he had a lot to answer for when it came to the elderly in New York, in the state of New York, and his decision to move them into um, congregate settings where the disease, as he told us, spread like wildfire. And I don't understand why the man who presides over a state that has the highest number of deaths per capita as a result of covid gets to write a $5 million book on how good a job he did. By any standard of measurement, being the number one state for deaths per capita, while warning the rest of the country that the same thing is going to happen to them when it didn't, doesn't seem to me to be someone you should focus on instead of the president. Doesn't seem to me someone who should be getting $5 million as a reward for doing a good job. Good job, Brownie. Good job, Andy. Only a week ago, I said, whatever happened to the situation of the nine women that had accused him of sexual harassment? Is that just disappeared into the Ethernet? Well, there's nothing like buying time when you're in a political crisis, and that's exactly what Andrew Cuomo did. He bought time. He bought a lot of time as this investigation that was released today from the Attorney General of New York was being Put together. And what did he do at that time? 
It's interesting. He sidled up to as many prominent people as he could for the photo ops to raise the flag high on his reputation. And he had a team of consultants asking, he, you know, going back and forth with him on how he should handle this crisis. And in this report from the attorney general, there's an interesting member of his crisis communications team, someone whose name is also familiar, Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo, who holds himself out as a journalist, who holds himself out as a host on CNN, is part of the embroiled governor's communications team. While interviewing him several times on CNN, in fact, joking and joshing with him, I never understood why CNN allowed Chris Cuomo to interview his brother in the first place. But now in this report, which mentions Chris Cuomo several times, including him giving advice about dealing with the Chamber of Commerce in New York and waiting things out, including writing talking points for his brother, the governor. I don't understand how CNN can continue to employ someone who would not disclose that and maintain their sense of journalism. This is where journalism has gone. Zero. There is zero journalism in this country. There is zero professional journalism in this country from the mainstream, from the big guys. CNN never tolerated that in years prior. My goodness gracious, contributors who were Democrats like Jim Carville and Paul Begala and known to be Clintonistas their entire professional career were contributors to CNN, not hosts, and got removed because they didn't disclose they were giving informal advice to Hillary Clinton. They were removed as contributors, not as a host. And it was obvious that they were always in the Clinton camp. Is it unfair to assume people thought Chris Cuomo put up a firewall between he and his brother? One would think he wouldn't. But would one think he would be involved in giving the governor talking points and not disclosing that and being part of his crisis communication team and not disclosing that? Or did he disclose it to CNN and CNN said it was just fine? That's the bigger story. Cuomo, I think, is toast himself. Andrew, not Chris. Andrew Cuomo, I think, is toast. Nancy Pelosi has, of now, as of now, called on him to resign. And the president, to his credit, stood by what he said two months ago in a press conference today, saying he stands by what he said two months ago, which is if the investigation concludes that these allegations have a factual basis, he should resign. And the president stood. I don't know how when your two senators, Schumer, Gillibrand, the speaker of the House of your own party and the president of your own party calling you to resign, you maintain the issue is not Andrew Cuomo. To me, it's the media. The media that would cut away from the president to give the United States of America the brilliance of Andrew Cuomo in the midst of a crisis talking like this. I was divorced, and uh, so I'm not really the best cook, uh, to say the least. But we would have, on Sundays... I would actually go to the Italian specialty store and I would buy the meatballs and buy the sausages and buy the sauce. But I would put it in a pot. This goes on for a good 10 minutes. 
the gustatory interests of the Cuomo family growing up in the midst of the pandemic. This is part of his these were part of his his press conferences. Go back and watch them. Wending and fractious. Talking about everything under the sun, including 10 minutes on meatballs and sausages, which, by the way, I would love to listen to if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic that he was mismanaging. If we weren't in the middle of a position where we're cutting away from the president to cover that. If we were in a position where we weren't saying that the real leader was Andrew Cuomo when he wasn't. He was the abuser in chief, not the shadow executive in chief. Or not the executive president in chief. Now, the attorney general said something interesting today, and this is hardly the largest part of this scandal, but it may be a larger part of an American scandal. Listen to the attorney general from New York announcing the findings. They reviewed more than 74,000 pieces of evidence, including documents, emails, texts, audio files, and pictures. Pictures. These interviews and pieces of evidence reveal a deeply disturbing yet clear picture. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed current and former state employees in violation of both federal and state laws. The independence investigation found that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, many of whom were young women, by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. Further, the governor and his senior team took actions to retaliate against at least one former employee for coming forward with her story, her truth. That's it. That's it. One woman coming forward with her story, her truth. The attorney general says that as if that's more powerful. You know what would be more powerful than her story and her truth? The story and the truth. Why not just say it? The truth. Because the progressives, even when they're eating their own, will never own up to a fact to the fact that there is objective truth. And they think the personal is much more powerful than the natural or the common or the conventional or the community. It's always the I and the me that trumps the fact. So when Ben Shapiro says facts don't care about your feelings, he's absolutely right, and he's speaking to ten ears. It doesn't matter. The feelings are always more important than the facts to the progressives. And the end of I want a standard. I want a standard from the press. When do we go with the allegations of a Christine Blase Ford? who has a political axe to grind over something that happened a million years ago, let's not exaggerate, over something that happened over 30 years ago in high school that is completely denied by everyone who was possibly a witness over and against 11 women of the same party, and it all happened within the past two to three years. What is the standard? What's the standard for the pass Andrew Cuomo got, but for the ooing and awing that Michael Avenatti got. 
They gave Michael Avenatti so much attention, he thought he should get in on the Brett Kavanaugh game. Do you remember his representation of two uh, alleged uh, victims of Brett Kavanaugh? 60 minutes covered one. They both turned into zero, as there was zero there, as Michael Avenatti is a zero. Well, it turns out Andrew Cuomo is less than zero. And the media loved him. Even when we were saying, watch out. Even when we were complaining. He will leave. He will leave. But the problem remains. And the problem is several fold. Of course, of course, sexual assault when it takes place. Don't need lectures on that. Lecture Bill Clinton about that. Lecture Hillary Clinton about that. Lecture, lecture, the Virgi- lecture, lecture yourselves about that. The problem is the truth, and the problem is the bias, because both led to deaths here, and assaults, and cover-ups, and media scandal. Nothing less. That's how big this story is, if it's pursued. Uh, welcome back. Six zero two five zero eight zero. John's in Phoenix. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. I was hoping you'd get to me pretty quick. I got to go into a physical therapy appointment here. Oh, we don't want to. Yeah, we we're we're good for you on that. No problem. Awesome. I watched something that was right up the uh, alley of this show, and it's absolutely disgusting. I saw it on Friday on CNN. I forget the name of the show. It doesn't matter, but. They had Andrew McCabe on, the former uh, head of the FBI for the first two years of the Trump administration. He took over after the uh, disgraced, uh, uh, what was his name? Comey. He, I think he took over as Comey. interim after Comey left, yeah? Yes, he did. That's he took right. Over and so this is, think back, this is during uh, Trump's first impeachment, the Hillary bleached uh, server issues. Yep. All the, all the Hillary controversy and everything that was going on at that time. And it actually even went into the Hunter Biden Ukraine Trump first impeachment time well, when. Well, as I, I, I recall, and boy, all these names coming back, right? But as I recall, he was part and parcel of Crossfire Hurricane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the uh, the effort to the effort to entrap Trump and the, they're, they're yeah. not even hiding it. He's no. on CNN railing against his former boss Donald Trump as the chief legal analyst for CNN now. Andrew McCabe is the chief legal analyst? Andrew McCabe is the chief legal analyst for CNN. Well, I thought, you know, that's that's interesting. I know I knew he was a contributor, but, you know, today CNN had a different legal contributor on to talk about Andrew Cuomo, and that was the scholar and employee of CNN, Jeff Tubin. You know, I, ju- I just don't know how much weirder the world has to get before we realize that CNN really stands for Cartoon Network. Which is worse, the fact that CNN would employ Andrew McCabe? Or they'd have Jeff Tubin on to talk about Andrew Andrew Cuomo's sexual uh, escapades as a legal analyst. I could could see Andrew McCabe as the chief legal analyst. He used to head up the FBI, but don't have him on to talk about Donald Trump. That's a conflict. No, it of course is a conflict. Of course it is. Of course it is. And, it's, it's a, and uh, what, does, what does it say about Andrew McCabe that he feels this way? Didn't he testify before Congress that he was fair and impartial and neutral and that he 
you know. It didn't yeah, well, listen, I, there, there are substantial uh, allegations against McCabe t- still that he lied to Congress, yeah. as I recall. And, yeah, he got kicked out. He got let go by Jeff Sessions. Yeah, what's Jeff important Session. to CNN, obviously, is the same thing that's important to the Biden administration on everything, whether it's immigration or COVID. If Trump said it, ipso facto, it's wrong. That's it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, as long as it serves the progressive cause. Why do you think that Andrew Cuomo was protected for so long in in these allegations and accusations? Yeah. But they, I have one name for you, Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. He was he was on CNN hundreds of times, literally hundreds of times, talking about talking about various clients he hired that had accusations against Donald Trump, none of which ever panned out, and now and and now he's the one in jail. All that matters is that you be against the Republicans. That's the only yeah. standard, and we'll protect and circle the wagons. Until that, you know, uh, uh, until the Democrats leave you. If, you. if you've lost your own base, you've lost. And Andrew Cuomo has now lost Nancy and Joe and Kristen and uh, Chuck. That's, that's, he's lost. He's gone. He, he can't stand in this office much longer. My guess is by Friday at the latest, but probably he'll announce a resignation in the next 48 hours. I would think he would have to. He's lost his state legislature, too. But all of this was going on with credible accusations by members of his own party. But CNN cared more about people no one had, you know, no one had ever heard of um, who were members of the opposite party who had the flimsiest of allegations against people like Brett Kavanaugh and Donald Trump. It just ethics don't matter to CNN. Journalistic practice doesn't matter to CNN. They are basically the uh, the provisional wing of the Democratic National Committee. They are the communications arm of CNN. Why do you think the governor of Virginia is still in office, having worn blackface? Well, the, them and MSNBC, at least MSNBC, kind of lets you know where they come from. But CNN tries to play the M- MSNBC is awful, awful. Listen to this, by the way, John. Uh, Bill, do you have the Cory Bush thing from MSNBC handy? And can I get it in? I think I can, actually. Listen to this, John. I mean, they're, they're not even hiding it anymore. I appreciate your call. Let me, let me close with this audio that uh, Bill's got. R- roll this. This is Corey Bush, a member of the squad, interviewing there on MSNBC with not- uh, Andrea Mitchell. Andrea Mitchell, go ahead. There is tension, and it's not just from the progressive caucus uh, of the Democrats. There is real tension now clearly between Nancy Pelosi's office and other Democrats, the White House, because the White House only first notified the House that this expiration could not be stopped by executive action on Thursday, the day before the House was leaving. The Senate's still in session. I haven't heard anything yet from the Senate Democrats who leave the Senate as to them taking it up. And Nancy Pelosi's position is that they're not going to take this up unless she knows that the Senate is going to try to do something which they clearly don't have the votes for. So, you know, how does anyone defend right. the system where this this finger pointing going back and forth? Where was the White House, for instance, for weeks and weeks? They knew when this was supposed to expire. 
Yes, so that's why today um, we have um, both um, the Speaker's office, my office, and then I know over the last few days there have been um, other um, others from uh, within Congress saying that we are asking the White House to go. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 Press the Hour brings us our culture and economy update from John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning. The great John Dombrowski is how I usually introduce him. His radio show heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. J.D., how are you, sir? Hey, hey, doing great. Grand Canyon Planning Associates. Uh, GrandCanyonPlanning.com is yes. the website. Sorry, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. I'll give out all the information for folks. I learned something interesting today. You like history. You're a history buff. You a little bit. Yeah. Often will give me a tidbit of history, and it dawned on me it's worth looking up the origin of the phrase "history buff." It comes from Ooh. Buffalo. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, Buff- the Buffalo. tan hides of Buffalo huh. that uh, people would wear. And uh, evidently there was this thing in the volunteer fire department in New York. Uh, the volunteer firemen would wear buffalo skins. So they were they were fire buffs. They would help the fire department. Hmm. How do you like that? Well, that's very good. Yeah. Nice. And in that vein, we have Christopher Columbus uh, to thank today who set sail for the New World on this day in 1492. Fantastic. Talk, talk to me stuff. about the markets. Good oh, stuff. talk to me about – yeah, talk to me about uh, – about uh, household debt. This is a big story. Yeah, you know, we've been we're talking about debt and feeling that debt has been dropping in this uh, country. But recently, a study just came out actually today, talked about household debt jumps by the most in 14 years to nearly $15 trillion in the second quarter uh, of this, this year. Um, they're saying the debt rose $3.15 billion in the second quarter to nearly $15 trillion. Now, they're talking about... Uh, that this is the fastest growth since 2007. Mm-hmm. And one of the contributors to this was the fast pace of uh, mortgages. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a ton of people out there refinancing to drop their interest rates, uh, as well as new home purchases. Uh, so we're adding debt. Now, there's an interesting thing. We talk also about, Seth, uh, student debt. Yeah, right? I was looking at that <laughs> on a student. chart here. Yeah. It's pushing up against $2 trillion. But it was lower, yeah. actually, overall. Yeah. When we look at uh, the credit card balances increased, but overall the student debt decreased a bit. But it is. You're right. It, it certainly increased, but it wasn't uh, – uh, it wasn't at the same pace that we saw the others, which was interesting. Now, what, what I went back and looked at, which I thought was, was another thing to consider, okay, so we've got this debt, but, you know, what if I had debt in my uh, business or my personal life, uh, and that debt was credit card debt at 18, 19, 20%? That's, a, that's an issue, right? But if I'm refinancing my house and just basically not pulling equity out, refinancing my house to lower my interest rate on that debt, that's actually going to help me in the long run. And a lot of these were refinances. And I went back to 2007 and looked at what rates were, what mortgage rates were, 30-year mortgage rates. What do you think mortgage rates were in 2007? Oh, my gosh. I should know, eh, but I don't. Guess. Uh, don't guess too high. But nah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Six and a half percent. Okay. <laughs> okay. And today, we're knocking on the door below three yeah. again. So yeah. we're less than 50% uh, of the rate today than we were in 2007 when they're talking about this is the last time we saw this fast growth of, uh, of debt. So I, as, as important as this is, this, this story, 
I don't see it as critical as um, maybe you would normally take it. When no, you I'm with you on rising. that because there are certain debts that are instruments. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so there's a difference, for example, between, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a, a $150,000 debt with a, because of a bachelor's degree in underground uh, in underground ba- underwater basket weaving mm-hmm. versus having a, an asset like a home. Yeah, exactly right. You know, you know or an investment of right. some type. You right. know, you own your building that you run your business out of. There's debt on that building. There may be debt on your business, but you're borrowing money because it's helping you make money. Uh, hopefully, you're not borrowing it because you're losing money. That would not be a good thing. Uh, never a good. Uh, it's like trying to bet. You know, in in Vegas, you're losing money and borrowing money to bet again. No, that's not what we're talking about. We want to use this money, as you said. Uh, as an instrument to be able to better our our lifestyle, and uh, oftentimes debt can be a positive if it's used correctly. And and it's the same when it comes to investments. Now, is this going to affect the market? We had a a decent run of the market today. Yeah, I I noticed everything was in the green. We did have some good uh, reports come out today about um, consumer uh, spending as well as uh, uh, the CPI reports, and we're seeing uh, companies out there, the orders for uh, their products are, are rising, which is good. The challenge is going to be, will they be able to get those, those, uh, that merchandise, uh, you know, built and then ultimately sent out to their consumers uh, in a timely fashion, or is it going to be a continuing backlog when you look at, uh, you know, used car lots out there, which have a lot of used cars, but you don't see a lot of new cars on those no, lots anymore. No, you do not. That's a so, good point, John. Thank you, sir. But, uh, Anyway, for those of you out there, call me uh, at 480-991-1055 or go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One L- LLC are not affiliated. Everyone I know who has visited with you loves you, John. Well, thank you so Let much. Let that not go unsaid. Thank you, as Appreciate always. It. You betcha. Bye-bye. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. We ran out of there's there's a um, there's a certain clock we can't miss for the bottom of the news hour. So we ran out on the video that I wanted you to hear from MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell. This is Cory Bush, Congresswoman Cory Bush, speaking to Andrea Mitchell. We we got the question in in the previous segment. It's less important than what Cory Bush says in the answer and what Andrea Mitchell says at the end. Remember, this is the former chief White House correspondent for NBC. Uh, this is uh, the wife of the former chairman of the Fed. This is as elite as elite gets. Andrea Mitchell. Listen to Cory Bush, then Andrea Mitchell. Yes, so that's why today um, we have um, both um, the Speaker's office, my office, and then I know over the last few days there have been um, other um, others from uh, within Congress saying that we are asking the White House to go ahead and move forward, move forward with um, with an eviction moratorium because. This need is urgent. This is an emergency right now in our country, and we can't wait any longer. And w- the time that it would take to get uh, con- to get the House back and to you know to vote, plus getting it through the Senate, that's going to take a while. Buy us some time to get that done. We know we have to get it done, but buy us some time. So we're asking the White House to go ahead and go ahead and do this. If there's a court challenge, possibly, let's work on that when the, when and if that happens. But right now, the people don't care about if something could possibly happen and also if something does we have to look at the weight of it is it worse for the white house to get a court challenge 
or is it worse for millions of people to hit the streets and then and have no home? I'm going to say it's the latter. I, there is no way that we could think about what's going to happen in court, you know, a court challenge. You know, if we have to take an L, take an L. But at least we did the work to make sure that we kept the people that, that we're supposed to represent, the people that are looking to us. They don't care about the blame game. They don't care who did what, when, and how. They care about right now. Today there is a notice on my door saying pay or vacate, and I don't have the money. I don't know what to do. My state, my, lo- my, my local government... I'm fighting to get those resources that I was told are available through the ERA. I'm having trouble. What do I do? Because my landlord does not care. That is what we have to deal with and deal with it today because it's happening already. And just to point out that the White House has said that their hands are tied because of a Supreme Court ruling. And you're saying just do something by executive action and then deal with the court deal later on. We've got to go. But Congresswoman Corey Bush, thank you so much for lighting a fire under this because millions and millions of people are, you know, are exposed. Thanks to you. Thanks so much for lighting the fire and saying that regardless of what the Supreme Court said, do it anyway. I just want you to understand the thinking at MSNBC. I get the thinking of the squad. I get that. Of course, any American institution that stands in the way of progressive Marxism, be damned. That's, their, that's, that's been their position forever. That doesn't surprise me that Cory Bush says, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. It bothers me that MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell says it. But that's the Democratic Party, and that's MSNBC. It doesn't matter what the – Joe Biden held a press conference today, and to his credit, to his credit, He was asked about the moratorium, and he said the problem is the Supreme Court has ruled it unconstitutional. I get it, without without action from Congress, without action from Congress. So, yeah, there will be people with eviction notices. And guess what? The moratorium on rent was done under Trump. Congress has been in session since January. Maybe, 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 maybe. If Nancy Pelosi's Democratic Congress wasn't so concerned about impeaching Trump after he left office, they would have had time and focus to deal with this problem. But this is a wholly owned problem of the Democratic Party. They run the Senate. They run the House. They couldn't get it done. There was no move and no pressure from the White House to get it done. None. And the only thing, as Joe Biden acknowledged today, that would allow it is an act of Congress. An act of Congress is what's required here. MSNBC doesn't care. The squad doesn't care. And I got to tell you, when it comes to the American people, I'm not show, I'm not I don't think the Democrats and Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer cared because they did nothing about it. And now it expires. Now, Donald Trump's plan that everyone wishes would be extended expires and the Democrats are left holding the empty barrel. They emptied it. They could have filled it up again. So to the degree that there is any animus whatsoever about what's going on here, blame the Democrats and ask how much time when you if you have if you are unfortunate enough to live in a in a in a congressional district that is that that is represented by a Democrat, O'Halloran, 
perhaps district, Grijalva's district, or uh, Greg Stanton here. Ask them, how much time did you spend on impeachment and how much time did you spend on extending the moratorium? It's an entirely Democratic Party-caused problem. It's called non-feasance. Peter's in Mesa. Hello, Peter. Hi, Seth. It's great to talk with you. I love listening to your show. Uh, It helps me clarify some of the mental confusion I have. (laughs) Oh, you're very kind. I don't think you have mental (laughs) confusion. I I wouldn't suggest it's mental confusion. I, well, I would say I, it's I, called, I it's it's, it's actually a spinal problem. It's not a brain problem. It's whiplash. <laughs> it's it's whiplash. Yeah, it's whiplash. I had listened to uh, ABC and CBS and the other alphabet news, and I'm suffering dreadfully. Well, don't do it. <laughs> when you go to the doctor and you say, Doc, it hurts when I scratch here, don't do it. I think that's sage advice. Sage we have advice. 24-7 um, programming right here. It's all you need. <laughs> I am absolutely floored that everybody saw this coming, yep. and the Democrats, of course, let's have another crisis, right. let's create another crisis. And I had a relative like this many years ago, and she would walk into a room, and she would get everybody fighting each other, and then she would miraculously try and calm everyone down. And wasn't she the heroine? Causing a problem and to you, solve a problem, we call that. Yeah, and you just wanted to... He just wanted to take her out back. I know. I have a problem with my producer. He just he walks in and throws the grenade and walks out, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I'm, I'm fearful with the way things are going with these progressives and the uh, progress, Democrat-led progressives, uh, or progressive-led Democrats, uh, however that works, uh, that my dad's prediction, which he said to me when I was much younger, I'm an old man now, retired, but when I was much younger, his wisdom um, seems to bear out, and I hope it doesn't, but he said the clowns in Washington will not stop their shenanigans until there is a next side party. Until there's a what party? I missed the phrase, a what party? A necktie party. A necktie party, until they're hung. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, with that in mind, I always make sure that I had uh, a fresh thing of rope in the back of my car, uh, just in case. Not saying I would do anything to harm anyone. Being a Christian, I would not do that. Uh, But be prepared anyway. You know, you can never be too prepared in this society, especially the way things are going. Uh, So I I was always concerned about that, that he would say that. But he could see clearly... The way other countries Hold the thought. Hold had... the thought, Peter. I got to hit the break. Hold the thought. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Peter and Mesa, I'm sorry we, we ran into that uh, little problem we have once in a while uh, where the clock runs out, but we still have more on our minds. Go ahead. Peter was saying, um, as I understand him, that his dad gave him some advice once. Uh, Carry a rope uh, because of the pace picante uh, theory that someone needs to get a rope when someone misbehaves, perhaps starting with Congress, right? We call it the pace. Remember the pace picante commercial, somebody get a rope? Yes. New York City, somebody get a rope. Get a rope. If this were the Adam yeah, Carolla I'm, show, we'd play that commercial. I, I, but it's I, not, I'm so we trying, won't. 
I am praying it never comes to that, uh, but I understand uh, what happens in government, and you can see this all around the world in revolutions and things happening, and the clear abuses of our government uh, when they're letting uh, infected illegal stream across the border. Yeah, because they don't care about want... the spread. This is this is the this right. is the key. If they cared about the spread. They'd care about the border. So they tell the world that Texas has an increased Delta variant spread. Hmm, what else is going on in Texas right now? 30% of illegals mm. coming through without being stopped with yeah. COVID. In fact, when they say they have COVID, as I read a news report story yesterday, they're released. Yeah. Yes, and they don't. They don't care the about – if they States. care – see, this is what people miss about – Gavin Newsom, when they call it hypocrisy that he goes to dinner when no one else can, or Nancy Pelosi when she gets her hair done when no one else can. They call it hypocrisy. It's not hypocrisy. It's a tell. It means they don't care. They don't believe what they're shoveling. If they were as concerned about COVID as they tell us we have to be, they wouldn't be doing what they do. That's the point. Not even they believe the, the, the mud they're shoveling. Yes, and Seth, on the other side of the coin there, we have many of those people coming in who are not chasing the taste of freedom, whereas the people in Cuba, they're, they're putting their lives on the line. Isn't that interesting? The people in Hong it, Kong. Isn't so it interesting that the, the Secretary of Homeland Security thinks there's a crisis with Cubans, freedom-loving Cubans, trying to come to Florida and gives a press conference that they'll be turned away? As for... The immigrants whose motives are beyond universe—I mean, beyond beyond identification—they'll be welcomed. They'll be given food. They'll be given shelter, and they'll be given transportation. This administration doesn't care about it. Democrats don't care about COVID. Why else would they be recommending right now doing everything that's already proven to fail? On the Cuomo issue. On the Cuomo issue, one of the best attorneys in the country, Jim Trusty, will be with us at the top of the next hour to walk us through it. On the rope issue, <laughs> let me just uh, say, lest I be misinterpreted, when we respond as conservatives, always peacefully, always, 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 we're not Jesse Smollett. We don't carry around ropes just for the crisis. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.